Welcome back to the Rock Your Retirement Show. I'm your host, Kathy Klein, and today I have a guest host with me, and we are going to talk about scams and why is it that your parents fall for these things when it's obvious. But before I introduce my co-host, I wanted to tell you that this episode is brought to you by the Medicare Quick Step-by-Step Guide for Signing Up for Medicare. If you're signing up for Medicare for the very first time, then you know how confusing it is and how confusing it can be. This step-by-step guide is absolutely free. You don't even have to give your email address. And you can get it by going to medicarequick.com slash checklist. Best yet, I'm the founder and I'd love to help people with their Medicare. Okay, back to the co-host. This guest host retired from a biotech company in South San Francisco when he was in his mid-50s. He had a little difficult adjustment in the beginning, but he was able to get through it and started writing about the six stages of retirement. Many people over the years have asked him how he was able to retire so early, so he started a podcast, which is now completed, called Retirement Journeys. Now, he has a new podcast called Retire Hoppy, (laughs) where his guests talk about a retirement subject while sampling beer. Yes, that's right. That's why it's called Retire Hoppy. Now, he's been on the show, this show, in the past, and he gave us some great insight on the six stages of retirement. But today, we're going to talk about why our elderly parents fall for scams. So please help me welcome Ted Carr back to the show. Ted, I'm so glad you're here. (laughs) Hi, Kathy. It's really great to be back on the show again. Thanks for inviting me. Yes. And, you know, I am so glad that you are here. Now, we talked, I don't know, was it a year ago? How long ago was it? About that time, yeah. Yeah. So is anything new happening in your life since then? No, but I I did have you on my podcast, my new podcast, Retire Hoppy. That was fun. that was fun. That was new. And, and you were not, not the most accomplished beer drinker, but <laughs> I think you gave yourself a one out of 100. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're hoping that there's something new that you've evolved into maybe a two or a three. But that, that's that's a conversation for another time. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm not much of a beer drinker, especially now that I'm on an ultra low carb diet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. And you don't want to be drinking too much beer then. Yeah. Beer is not exactly mm. low carb, but yeah. I did hear somewhere, I was heard some beer commercial for some, I don't know, light beer or something. They said it was only two and a half carbs per glass. I'm like, I don't like, how can that be? No flavor. <laughs> right. It's basically water with some food coloring in it. But you know, one of the reasons this topic appealed to me, because he said, what's, what's new, what's anything you know, changed. And there was a story that uh, uh, some friends of ours who come down here to Arizona for the, um, the winter, they're called snowbirds, shared with us, which had to do with um, our friend's um, mother and how she was the victim of an ongoing lottery and romance scam. So I, I actually wrote an article about it because I, I was just so disturbed and, and so upset by what was happening. And it changed my thinking about scams and why people fall for what to you and I seem obvious, you know, how many Nigerian princes, you know, can be right. contacting you or how many lotteries can you win without entering them, you know? So that topic really resonated with me because I feel probably as much as anything that I've written about, I feel very strongly about that. And that the people who who perpetrate these, these frauds, I have such 
disregard for them. I, I'm just so angry with how they take advantage of people that are very vulnerable. So it's a real problem. It's common. You know, we have a, an aging population, so I think it's going to become more and more common. And unfortunately, there's not much that is being done or can be done to prevent these frauds. And arrests are, are rare. So it's sort of a low risk proposition for the people who perpetrate these things and high reward. I know. And it's not just it's not just phone calls. It's happening now on Facebook, too. Mm -hmm. You know, my mom is in the middle of one of these things. And the problem is, is that she doesn't have dementia. She's fine, but she's communicating with this Pakistani guy who's like Mm -hmm. 30 years old. And my mom is convinced that he's in love with her. And I'm like, Mom, have you sent him money? Oh, but he's he's in love with me, even though he's getting married, he's being forced into this marriage and blah, blah. And I'm like, Mom, trust me, he's not in love with you. I mean, but what can you say? You Well, I mean, that's 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 the question, right? That's really the question we're going to address um, in this podcast is what can you do both preventatively and then reactively? What What are your options? I think that's something that I've given some thought to and you going through the experience I'm sure you've got some ideas. And for our audience, you know, it's it's one of those subjects that I think that may not affect you directly, but if you ask around and listen, there are probably people in your orbit that are dealing with this problem. Well, Les, my husband, is 74, and he gets at least two or three calls every day. Yeah, I every believe it. Day, it is ridiculous. It. There's definitely, and and he has a cell phone. I mean, yeah. we don't we don't have a home phone, so yeah. Yeah. there's obviously some kind of list that people mm-hmm. are on, and yeah. he's yeah. never fallen for a scam before, so he's not yeah. on a you've fallen for a scam list, which I've heard can be mm-hmm. atrocious. Mm-hmm. But they're based on age, and mm-hmm. you know, it's just dialing for dollar. Now, thank goodness, he's finally started hanging up instead mm-hmm. of engaging in conversations. Yeah. Yeah. But um, well, one of the things you, you're not supposed to do when you do get one of those calls, no matter how much you want to tell them off, never press you know, one or two, because that'll get you on their list of people who answer these calls. And if you talk to them, you're not only somebody who answers them, you'll talk to them. And so right. they'll then take you and put you and sell your list to people say, I got a live one here. So right. the, best, the best advice is, is to just hang up. Just hang up. And then his phone has a little option for him to mark it as spam. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and then also his phone and my phone both, when somebody calls who is probably a telemarketer, mm-hmm. it shows up on my phone because we have two, mm-hmm. we have different phones. My mm-hmm. phone will pop up red and it says pos- possible spam. I, I'm not sure mm-hmm. what his, but his phone, if it's mm-hmm. a possible spammer, notifies them too but you know they they use these throwaway phone numbers yeah oh so it's or they they spoof the numbers because i'm i get calls where it looks like they're in my town and they're they're not they're in oh yeah yeah. our area code right yeah you're like okay (laughs) digits of our phone number they want to make it seem familiar yes it's it looks like your phone number with a couple of other and then i'm like my phone number is really unusual and so mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I know that that's not coming from my phone yeah. number. <laughs> no, no. So it, when it, when if, if you see something that's suspicious, let it roll to voicemail. You know, don't answer and certainly don't respond in any way, shape, or form because then 
you're kind of like you know setting the bait. You're you're taking the bait and, and heading for the trap. But our, our friend's mother, um, I think she was ninety, early ninety something or other, and she's supposedly with it mentally. Out of the blue, she gets a call from this guy named Richard. Okay. And Richard is really thrilled to contact her because he has the pleasure of telling her she's won two million dollars oh, and a Mercedes oh. in a lottery. And so he calls her two to three times a day to establish the connection, the familiarity, the, to trust before he gets what I call the ask. Right. So the first ask is a measly $200 for processing fees so they can send her her $2 million. Of course. Right? <clears throat> she sends him $200 via a Walmart to Walmart money transfer. <sighs> That's great. Then he says, hey, you know, now we've got to pay, prepay the taxes on this. And I'm going to split them with you. You pay $10,000 and I'll pay $10,000. So when you get your winnings, you can pay me back. So she I'll, did I'll, not. She sent him $9,000. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Of course, that money's gone. There's oh, it's, no finding it's, it's, it. It's, it's long gone. And then when the family found out, they, they you know, tried to intervene. And she was very, very indignant, very upset, threatened to never talk to them again. I know what I'm doing. And that's it's what happens. You know, and so they get. She got resentful. She she felt uh, threatened, and he realized that she is a willing participant because it's gone from being the winner of a lottery to now she has a relationship. Right, because and, they are very personable. Yeah, and then it goes into a romance. Right, that's where my so mom this, is. This my this mom has a, yes. It's a romance because yeah. they they can't understand that a 30-year-old is really not interested in a 70, mm -hmm. 80, 90-year-old for romance. Right. right, right. It's it's great that I, my wife showed me an article that appeared in the New York Times today online. 84-year-old <clears throat> man in New York City was out walking. He's approached by a 38-year-old woman who is gorgeous. All upset, you know. Oh, she's upset. And she talks to him and she explains that she yeah, had a fight with her boyfriend up in Massachusetts. He raped her, threw her out. And now she's looking for some place to say, this guy is a widower. He doesn't have any kids. He's lonely. Mm -hmm. He has money. And he offers to help her find an apartment. Well, not only does he help her find an apartment, but she, she gets into him for a dowry for one of her son's marriages. And he needs she needs $60,000 so he can do this dowry thing. I didn't realize that dowries still existed. I mean, well, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> she went through it three times with this guy. Marriage one falls through. Oh, found another one. Marriage two falls through and marriage three falls through. Oh my gosh. Over what time period? I don't know, but he ends up marrying her. Oh, geez. And she just does, takes all the money. She sets up another life in another apartment just down the street. Oh my he gosh. finally divorces her. She couldn't, she tricks him into marrying her again. Oh my gosh. The, 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 total, the total amount he, she took from him was $1.8 million. How did she know that this guy had money? I mean, I, I would... think it's just a numbers game, just like the people who call. They're not going to get a hit on every person that they talk to, but there's enough people who have those um, demographics that are vulnerable that they're going to hit on one. And boy, she landed a big fish. Oh my gosh. Did she yeah. go to jail or anything? Or did uh, they catch her? I don't... Yeah, I think so. I'm not sure what consequences she's faced. Um, the article went on into some other areas, and I just only was interested in sort of the damage that she had done and not the punishment she received. But I wouldn't be surprised if she got away with it because it's it, it's it not is illegal a, to a, a low risk game, right? 
Right. What are they? I mean, and there's no family to complain, yeah. right? So you and I are kind of like, how do these people get suckered into this? I mean, isn't it obvious? What's wrong with you? And so what I've been learning through the experience um, that our friends have shared with us and stories like what you're sharing, reading about this story in the New York Times, is that it's, it's, it's a problem that does have root causes, right? And it is understandable once you understand the, the psychology um, behind it, um, you know, isolation and loneliness. Um, a lot of these victims are in that state where there may be widowers and maybe they don't have anybody and they are isolated. And, you know, as a scammer, these people are polished, they're scripted, they're rehearsed, they're, they're, they're vicious, and they, they won't give up. So they go in for the kill, and they know exactly what to say, how to say it, and they prey on these people's isolation, loneliness, and desperation. And when you understand that dynamic, you know, that's what got me angry, got me really upset. I said, how could someone be so cold-hearted, so calculating to, to do something to somebody who probably is going to suffer major consequences. Yeah, they don't um, care. They don't, they don't care because it's their job. But how do you, I mean, that's another topic. Well, <laughs> I've seen, I've seen uh, like documentaries where it's actually their job. Like they go to work and, you know, they work eight hours. They're given mm -hmm. a list, like it's a call center. Mm -hmm. And that, I mean, there was this um, podcast episode, I think it was called Red, R-E-D. Mm -hmm. Okay. And the guy basically made friends with a telemarketer scammer mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and got mm -hmm. to find out all this inside information mm -hmm. about how they were scamming people. It's just like what you said. Yeah. But yeah. I also think that as a woman, 90 years old, 70 years old, 60, 50, whatever, you remember what it was like to be younger mm -hmm. when maybe you did have a lot of opportunities to right. date. And so somebody strokes that part of you and you're like, right. yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, it is flattering. Could, yeah. Yeah. It's flattering. And you're like, oh, well that's not outside of the realm of reality. Cause mm -mm. when I was, you know, not that long ago, even though I'm 90, but not that long ago when I was in my thirties, people, you know, used to think I was attractive. Yeah. So why not? Yeah. Right. Because we, our image, our self image is not a chronological, chronological age necessarily. We may be many, many, many years younger <laughs> right. mentally. And with all the stuff that goes on in the world of plastic surgery, we may look a lot younger too. <laughs> That's true. You, you never know. You know. raised an interesting point about women because they're twice as likely as men to fall for these financial uh, ruses, um, especially when they're in their 80s or living alone. Um, another interesting point about who's susceptible are men or women. If you're a type A personality where you're used to making quick decisions and being in charge, you know, act now kind of a thing. That's me. So I'm going to be susceptible. You're more, you're more vulnerable than a calm person like me, a type B person. No, that's good to know, actually, because yeah. I yeah. am that way. I'm very, you know, I make yeah. snap decisions. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you, couple, you couple that with um, a major uh, stressor in your life, a loss of a spouse, uh, you know, retirement, change in housing, you know, then if they catch you at those times, man, you're, 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 you're prey. <laughs> You know, you I to used to, down, you got to become a type B. I need to be careful. Yeah. <laughs> and drink, I'm thinking, more beer. <laughs> I know, drink beer, wine, whatever, uh, legal marijuana, who knows? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've always thought that, you remember the show, The Golden Girls? I do. I always thought that when you get older, that would be like the perfect scenario mm -hmm. because you have socialization kind of built in. Mm -hmm. Of course, I'd need my own room. You know, I wouldn't want to 
share a room, but I, I could see myself sharing like, uh, what do they call it? Co co-living space uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. with other women, you know, just for that. Cause I think that if you're being social, I mean, you know, if you, let's say you have four women that you're kind of hanging out with every day, you mention it, they're going to say, really? I mean, huh. and, and they'll, you're, they'll have your back. They'll have your back. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, you know, another interesting or common reason why elderly people are scammed is the very sad fact of diminished cognition, whether it's onset, early onset of Alzheimer's, senility, dementia, you know, you, you can be just enough functional where you can get by. And, you know, I, I know people who are able to get by within this little realm, right. but then you get outside of their familiar zones and things don't come together quite as easily, quite as quickly, quite as correctly. And so these, these crooks, um, can, if they can find somebody who's just not quite there, um, that gives them an easier prey. And they a say toe that in the door, a toe in one of one of the, um, the, the first things to go is your judgment with respect to finance, mm. making financial decisions. So impaired cognition is another reason why people are susceptible as they get older. And um, I, I think that's just so mean spirited to take advantage of people who are impaired with it could be devastating consequences. So, what do you recommend? Lock all your money into an annuity? Yeah. <laughs> then they can't take it. About annuities, <laughs> I just want to give you one more one more reason, um, and then then I've kind of got some ideas. Um, okay. As your as your co host, uh, you know what to do. Yeah. But the the last reason I want to go over was um, that a lot of these people in their 80s today lived through the depression, right. so they they have this. Uh, financially, you know, concerned and insecurity complex. And so, you know, if someone's offering you a lot of money, you it's become hard very, to say no. yeah, because you, you need more because you've lived through a time when you had absolutely nothing. So psychologically, those folks who have lived through times of extreme scarcity are more vulnerable. And, but it's also embarrassing. They don't want to talk to their family about it. Yeah. You yeah. know, even if they figure it out, they're like, Ooh, maybe yeah. I shouldn't be doing this. They're they don't want to tell anybody. I mean, because they're embarrassed. Okay. Absolutely. So I kind of was wondering if it's okay with you to maybe look at um, what to do, maybe in two parts, like before someone sticks their hooks in you, and then after the scammer makes contact. So yes, that if sounds you're good. And yes. you've got somebody who may be vulnerable for whatever reason. You know, it could be they're taking medication. They they seem confused. They may not be technologically up to speed early uh, questions about their their um, cognitive state you know these are maybe some things you can do before the scammer gets a hold of them i have an idea what's that okay so for those of you listening i'm holding up my cell phone isn't there a way to make your cell phone only ring if it's somebody in your contact list yes yes so yeah, you, can, you can assign ringtones or just not ring at all yeah. And just yeah. go straight to voicemail. I wonder mm-hmm. if we could all take our parents' phones and fix them so it, they don't ring. They just go to voicemail if somebody yeah. isn't in their contact list. Well, you know, I think that's that's a good point. I think family members are sort of like the last line of defense, you know, standing between scammers and uh, their parents becoming victimized. And I think having the conversation, like you were saying, is really critical is to, is to try to reason with somebody to the extent that they're capable of comprehending and they, uh, try to be rational about it, about, you know, that people don't 
call and ask you for your personal information. They, you don't win lotteries if you haven't entered. That there, there are people out there that are you know preying on people and, and just try to get them to the point where they understand there's a threat. I don't right? know of any lottery that where they're going to call you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do they call you when you win the lottery? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I, I mean, yeah, but see, people don't know. So I think the first thing is I think, you know, you 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 kind of have this logical conversation with them. You I think you even go through a drill with what what to do, right? However it works between you and your parents, but have almost a checklist kind of approach. Well, if you get this call, here here's what you should do. And maybe the the last thing on the checklist is always call someone in the family to to advise right, them yeah. that you're getting this contact. So I think the first thing is however it works for you and the person you're communicating with have a conversation about the fact that these these um, predators are out there and they're using uh, different means and technologies and techniques to get to try to separate people from their personal information and their money. But before you have that conversation, grab their phone and turn it to where it only rings for context. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. <laughs> don't let I, it I, ring I, if you don't know the person. You can answer yeah. the voicemail later. You know, and, and you made a point earlier about cell phones and landlines, but Landlines are more vulnerable than, than cell phones. There are good reasons they have landlines. Emergencies. Right, but it, it's sort of changing, but it's just a consideration. Our friends um, in Ohio whose mother um, is being victimized by this, this low life, they took her landline away. You know, mm. They basically took the phone out right then and there. She had written his number down. So she called him on her cell phone. So then he had her cell phone number. Oh, no. So then yeah, what happened? Yeah. Because he'd well, be in our contacts. And then so my idea won't work in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you can do you can only do so much. Nothing, I think, is definitive. It, it's a process. And I think that's one of the keys here is this, there's not one thing you can do. One person that can change things. It's a process and it's an ongoing process. Take but, that number and put it on block. Yeah. And, and also if, if it comes to emails, you know, you block their, their contact and email unfriend them on Facebook or unfollow them on Twitter, whatever. Look at all the different ways that that person is communicating. I know. And, well, and take measures to try to block them or eliminate them. Right. Well, I'm pretty sure that my mom met her scammer guy on Facebook. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm, think that mm-hmm. that's where they started this whole relationship. But I know he doesn't call her because my mom's deaf and she can't really talk on the phone. Somehow they communicate and mm-hmm. she just she's 100% sure that he's in love with her. Yeah, 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 I'm sure too. And that's really pathetic, right? But well, you know, you wonder where the person's judgment is, because you kind of know that she may be with it, but there's some part of her where she's not looking at it logically. And so there's some level of judgment that's been to, been compromised. And so it becomes hard to rationalize with somebody who thinks they're right. Right. But it's also having this emotional side, right? The emotional side of their brain and their life is something that they're enjoying and they don't want you to disrupt that. Exactly. That is you become the villain. Yes, absolutely. Well, my mom has, uh, had a lot of good luck and bad luck. I mean, she's been married five times, so she does Mm -hmm. have the experience of men falling in love with her. (laughs) So that's, that is an experience that she knows and remembers, but Mm -hmm. I wish there was a way that I could, that I could help her understand that, This guy is not in love with her. Um, then just a couple more things before a scammer yeah. sinks or hooks into your loved one. Yeah, what do we um, do? Well, set up a 
uh, our daily contact with the person through email or telephone, where you check in with them every day. And there's actually groups out there or services out there that can do wellness checks too. But make sure the person is, is being communicated with on a, on a daily basis. Go paperless, um, streamline the number of accounts they have to keep things simple uh, and ensure that fraud detection technologies are enabled, shred documents. So just sort of all of these sort of preventative measures um, contact direct marketing associates to opt out. I mean, I do a lot, but do that. And also check check out their credit reports to make sure that there isn't any fraudulent activity right. going on. So right. And you can do that, what, three times a year for free if yeah, you do free, each? Yeah, big three credit uh, bureaus. Right, so um, quarterly or whatever. So see if you can get them to allow you to monitor their financial affairs. And one thing, this isn't really monitoring, but there's something called... Um, Two-factor authentication. Yes, where it goes to your phone. Yeah, compress the number of accounts, and then just have this so that it may it may eliminate the temptation to do something on the spur of the moment. That um, might be difficult for an eighty-year-old to manage. Yeah, I, I know, I know. I think it's just out there. Maybe if the person was really sharp, but they're sharp, they're probably not going to be. <laughs> well, a honestly, I don't know how many eighty-year-olds uh, are using. I know mm-hmm. some are because I, I personally know mm-hmm. some 80-year-olds that are using the internet, but I would say the majority of them are probably not. Yeah, yeah. that's that's a, that's a weak one. A stronger one would be to get them to agree to let somebody from the family be a joint checking account member. If you can right? talk them into it. If you can talk them into that, then you can monitor what's going on. Yeah, and if that doesn't work, then you're looking at like a, a power of attorney or taking them to probate or whatever. I mean, Whew, and that's a tough one. Yeah, yeah, that but those are all things point. to do before. What happens yeah. after? Because I know we, we only have a and few minutes And that's really where left. most of us are going to get involved because we're, we're, I think as, as human beings, we're more likely to be reactive and right. hand, handle a crisis. We get, we get rewarded when you solve problems. And exactly. <laughs> so what do so you do they, when they're in the middle of it, you know, and they've already well, been like scammed out $20,000? Try to change your phone number, oh. right? Yeah, and then if, if they know your address, like our friends uh, – Mother, they know the address. Emma knows where she lives. Oh my they gosh! Actually, they actually delivered something <gasps> in her mailbox. Are they local? And, well, I, we think that they use people like from Craigslist to go and make these drops for them. Oh my gosh! But what they delivered to her was a copy of her check for five million dollars. They upped it from two million to five. Of course. Of course, the fees and the taxes went up, and they they sent her the key to her Mercedes. Oh. So, but we we don't think the scammer did because they're probably in Jamaica or offshore somewhere. But they have people that probably for some nominal fee will deliver this stuff. But they have her address. So the key here is if they know where you live, contact the police. Get the police involved. And the police oh. actually came out and spoke to her and explained to her what was going on, you know, risks. And she seemed to get it, right? Huh. Anyhow. Um, I never even thought of contacting the police. Yeah. Yeah. So the police were there. And I don't know if you could if they ever get an investigation uh, with the FBI. Um, the FBI has um, special um, victim. Especially uh, for seniors. Yeah, yeah. But they have people that actually go out and uh, and work with people. Uh, I'm trying to think of the, what they call them, victim specialists. Huh. I think there has to be an FBI investigation. Uh, and how you get that going, I don't know. But it's probably a bit daunting because I suspect there aren't a lot of resources that uh, not only the police, but you know the FBI have to uh, to put on the case. Um, so then, you know, another thing, like we talked about blocking emails and Facebook, social media, um, maybe talk to an elder law attorney to ex- figure out, you know, what their experience has been and, 
give, give you some advice on what you can do, such as setting up a trust. And ultimately, that's what our friends did. They sent up a trust. That's a good idea. So, you know, it's a good and, idea uh, to set up a trust before all this happens. But once, mm-hmm. I mean, we're beyond that now. Yeah, yeah. And the one thing they, they didn't do was they let her keep her checking account just for her dignity. Yeah, what happened? She, she also had a home equity loan outstanding. Oh, no. She's, she's still sending him money. Oh no! He can't get to the, the the majority of her assets, but the but monthly still sending him money, and that's just so sad that it she is. is that dependent on him. She's that um, hoodwinked by. by well, him. she thinks he loves her, and she thinks she loves him. Yeah, but they did they did protect most of her assets through the trust. But he actually had the temerity to suggest that she contact her neighbors and borrow money from them. To send to, to him. send to him. Oh, yeah. no. My And my thing is, he actually was going to go out and visit or have somebody go visit. I think they were going to go to her house, and I think they're going to case it. Of course. Either to rob it or to start suggesting things she could sell to eBay right. or send to them. I mean, these people, their tactics, they're ruthless. Their tactics are, 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 are incredibly uh, sophisticated, but loathsome at the same time. But uh, believe me, they, they are very good at what they do. Ugh. Well, I don't... Um... I don't remember the name of the documentary that I saw, but it was specifically talking about people in Jamaica. Mm-hmm. And they said that the culture there, they don't think it's wrong. Oh, no. no and they no. started doing um, PSAs, tell, trying to tell people that it's wrong mm-hmm. to do this. Yeah. Yeah. But it's yeah. just like their regular job. They go and, I mean, because they yeah. consider us to be immensely wealthy. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so yeah. it's not wrong to take a little, but yeah. I mean. Well, there's a there's a report that's put up um, called the Baker Fraud Report. And that report estimates that as much as $1 billion is sent annually by Americans to Jamaican scammers, oh two-thirds of them being over 70 victims, that, that is. So it, 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 is, it is, if you don't have any money and you live in a third world country, you can rationalize what you're doing, especially if you're presented with a storyline that is false, but you want to believe it because it makes what you're seeming as a victimless crime when in fact it's, it's anything but. No, it's not. And, you know, it, the sad thing is it's our seniors, you know, our seniors and they, they, they need our help. <laughs> you know, our seniors need our help to prevent this. So yeah, this was a great topic. Thank you. I have time for one one last one, or we have to go. One more. Tell so us. one more one more thing is that when you're dealing with the person who's been scammed, you've got to try to figure out how to replace what it is that the scammer's providing, and I think that's a huge challenge because you're talking about not just uh, companionship, but you're talking about relationship and romance. Well, these so guys spend like two, three, four hours right. on the phone. Right. So I, I, mean, I think I think at times it's like, how do you replace something where you're outgunned? Well, we can't compete with that. We can't mm-hmm. compete with two, three hours on the phone. We have lives. So there is some help out there. One place where you might start is AARP's Fraud Fight Call Center. Okay. So don't do it alone like most things. You know, me, I, I don't have the experience. I don't have the know-how. I, the more support I get, the better the results may be because I, I form a team. And I think like most things in life, you're going to be more successful if you bring in different points of view and different skills and different experiences. So... The main thing is don't feel alone. Don't think of it to do it yourself. Uh, look for ways to uh, to help so your your loved one doesn't um, uh, suffer anymore and it's either their life savings be depleted by 
by people that are essentially without any uh, emotion or um, ethics. Hmm. That's a good, is that AARP Fraud Fight Center? Is that what you said? Call, call Center. Fraud Fight Call Center. Say that three times fast. Fraud Fight Call Center. I'm going to find <laughs> it and put a link to that in the show yeah, notes. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a good resource. Okay. Ted, thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure. As my co-host. Good to see you. And yeah, good it's good you. to see you too. And for the listener, we'll see you next time on Cheers. Rock Your Retirement. Bye. Bye. <laughs>
uh, when he decided to leave podcasting. Number three, how you can support us is by leaving a review. Whatever podcast app you're listening to normally has the option of leaving a review, either a written review saying how great the show is or just with stars. Five stars is typically the best. And of course, we're shooting for those five-star reviews. And if you tell us why you like the show, what you liked about it, it's actually easier for other people to understand what the show's about. A lot of people, when they find our show, they think it's about money. And of course, by now, you know that it's not. Number four, if you'd like to support us financially, of course, we're always appreciative of that. Just go to rockyourretirement.com slash support, and it will take you to our page where you can support us financially. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Bye.